Live in the WLIWFM studio on December 2nd, 2022, I'm Gianna Volpe on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Prominent elected Republicans, influential donors, and conservative grassroots activists are pushing for Representative Lee Zeldin, the Republican from Shirley, to become the next Republican National Committee chairman including the leader of the Texas GOP, who credited Zeldin's strong campaign for New York governor with securing Republican control of the House of Representatives. Quote, we underperformed nationally. There were strategic missteps, Republican Party of Texas Chairman Matt Rinaldi told the New York Post yesterday, adding, but in New York, Lee Zeldin went into communities that Republicans don't traditionally go into and talked about crime and inflation. He overperformed in blue areas. He exceeded expectations. Carl Campagnol reports in the New York Post that Zeldin lost to Democrat Kathy Hochul by just over 327,000 votes out of more than 5.7 million cast, and his performance at the top of the ticket in the battleground suburbs helped Republicans win four more House seats in New York to push the GOP past the 218-seat benchmark. Zeldin, who has not officially thrown his hat into the ring yet, has claimed that some prominent GOP donors, including billionaire Stephen Schwartzman, CEO and chairman of the giant financial investment firm The Blackstone Group, and metal mogul Andrew Sabin, have indicated they will contribute heavily to the RNC if Zeldin is elected chairman and, and were less inclined to do so if he wasn't. The RNC chair vote is expected to be held at the committee's winter meeting in January. Here in Suffolk County, a partial fuel tax cap in the county is ending, but drivers are still seeing the benefit of declining gas prices and a state tax holiday that will last another month. Grant Parpan reports on Newsday.com that the immediate impact on residents from Suffolk's tax break expiring Tuesday, December 6th, will be minimal, costing drivers an additional 2.7 cents per gallon at the current average. Robert Sinclair, senior manager of public affairs for AAA in New York and New Jersey, said drivers won't feel the pinch from the end of the county fuel tax cap as long as gas prices continue to drop. But then prices start go back, going back up, and they eventually will, Sinclair said. Under Suffolk's cap, the first $3 per gallon of gas was taxed at the 4.25% county sales tax rate, while the remaining amount was not taxed at all. An identical cap remains in place in Nassau County through the end of the month. The tax caps were instituted this past spring as part of efforts to offset high gas prices. While the cost to fill your tank remains elevated, up 10 cents per gallon from a year ago, gas prices have declined considerably since the tax caps went into effect. On June 1st, the average price of a gallon of regular gas on Long Island was just under $5, up 62.2% from a year earlier. The average gas price on Long Island as of yesterday is $3.64 for regular and $4.50 for premium, down two cents from a day earlier and eight in the past week, according to AAA data, which tracks gas prices across the country. The national average has dropped seven cents to $3.47 per gallon since Thanksgiving, according to AAA. In Sag Harbor, developer Adam Potter 
pulled out of a deal to sublet what is commonly known as the gas ball parking lot at the 11th hour, officials said on Wednesday, November 30th, adding that they would ask the State Public Service Commission to intervene on their behalf. Stephen J. Coates reports on 27East.com that the Sag Harbor Village Board held a brief executive session that morning in which it agreed to petition the PSC to annul the lease that National Grid signed last year with Potter's 11 Bridge Street LLC as not being in the public interest and causing economic harm to the village of Sag Harbor. The village also claims that Potter initially represented that he was seeking the lease for the nonprofit Friends of Bay Street, which was formed to build a new Bay Street theater, but ultimately obtaining it for his for-profit company. In addition, the village's petition says that Potter's lease with National Grid specifies that the property can only be used for a parking lot, but that standalone private parking lots are not permitted under the current village code. Quote, this deal is not in the public interest, period, exclamation point. That's Sag Harbor Village Mayor Jim LaRocca uh, in a press release issued Wednesday morning adding, giving the parking lot to a for-profit will do irreparable harm to this community. And finally, a sonic drive-in won't be opening at the Osborne Avenue Route 58 site, approved last month for a drive-in restaurant by the Riverhead Planning Board. The developer of the site told Riverhead Local earlier this week, Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that town approvals took too long, according to Mark Kitchoff of Inheritance Development, which owns the 1.78-acre property in Riverhead. Quote, the years to collectively procure all necessary project approvals exceeded their limits, Kirchhoff said. I'm a little bummed. Don't tell anyone. When the developer initially filed the site plan application in 2015, it named the popular fast food restaurant known for its unique car hop service as the tenant for a proposed uh, 2,590-square-foot, 60-seat restaurant. A Sonic franchisee told town officials he'd signed a 30-year lease on the site. Kitchoff said Inheritance Development is actively seeking tenants that will conform to the planning board approval. Quote, we're optimistic this corner with access on Osborne Avenue and Old Country Road will be valuable for both retail and food businesses desiring to expand in the growing Riverhead market, Kitchoff said. Uh, Let's fly over to Greenport for the weather in honor of our first guest this morning, Kim Barber from the Cornell Cooperative Extension Marine Program, talking about celebrating this weekend. Right now, uh, it's 37 degrees. It looks like we'll get a high near 51 uh, degrees on this sunny... What is today? Is it Thursday or Friday? It's Friday, right? Oh, my God. Southwest wind, 5 to 10 miles per hour, increasing clouds tonight with a temperature rising to around 50 degrees by 5 a.m. Southwest wind... 10 to 14 miles per hour, as I mentioned. It's 37 degrees on this Friday morning. I'm Gianna Volpe. We've got uh, Washington Social Club, The Kinks, Pete Seeger, and Doug Seegers, uh, head of uh, Long Island's very own Carrie Carney. Uh, But first, the head in the heart right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
from now we'll all be gone all our friends will move away and they're going to better places but our friends will be gone away nothing is as it has been and i miss your face like hell and i guess it's just as well but i miss your face like hell Been talking about the way things change, and my family lives in a different state. And if you don't know what to make of this, then we will not relate. So if you don't know what to make of this, then we will not relate. Oh, 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 Rivers
till I reach you. Rivers and roads, rivers and roads, rivers till I reach you. The head and the heart from their self-titled record of 2010, River and Rivers and Roads, leading us uh, down a river playlist. I played a river playlist for you recently, so I've cut most of the songs that I played uh, on that morning's playlist. There are some stragglers and one that I didn't play for you because it wasn't cold enough out yet. If all goes according to plan, we'll hear one more head in the heart track from that record, and that's the winter song at the end of this show. Uh, I'm Jenna Volpe. This is Washington Social Club. Uh, I believe this is a D.C. area uh, indie indie uh, rock group that I actually saw. It was either the first or the second time I ever came to Long Island. Uh, I believe it was in Farmingdale by a little place by the uh, railroad tracks. Uh, the Kinks, Pete Seeger, and Doug Seeger's on deck. I'm Jenna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. The Morning and Midnight Show, The Heart of the East End, recorded live uh, five mornings a week, 9 to 11, uh, in Southampton at the WLIWFM studio. Uh, aired live those times uh, to the 88.3 section of the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 if you're listening from central or western Suffolk County or across the sound. But you can always hear us. Stream us from wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio. Give yourself to him just a little. Baby's breath is stuck in the middle. Between teardrops and TV. She was born too late to have but her timing. Now we're hanging wreaths on a wire.
Sailing down my golden river Sun and water all my own Yet I was never I'll have them wherever I roam And I was not far from
Track to Doug Seeger's 2014 record, Going Down to the River. We got Carrie Carney Band's Voodoo Down the River, our first local uh, featured local artist. Just ahead of the Friday Morning Tea, underwritten by Village Overhead Doors, here in WLIWFM Studio 51 is one of our favorite humans. That's Kim Barber of the Cornell Cooperative Extension Marine Program. And tis the time of year to celebrate, my friends. This weekend, uh, all the foodies shall descend upon Greenport. On the south side, we've got the Hamptons Dock Fest. Uh, no one says you can't hop the ferry and do both this weekend. So, HamptonsDockFest.com. Are there any tickets 
left for celebration? There actually are. Oh. So, yes. Uh, they're still available at celebrationcce.org. And, um, yeah, very limited that's not, supply. Yeah, that's not always the case. It's so, um, you know, not a call to action, but you might want to consider jumping on that one. Where do people go? To get tickets. Yeah. So um, on our special celebration dedicated website, so it's celebrationcce.org, and they'll be available until they run out today. We plan on closing ticket sales by this afternoon because they'll, they'll be gone, and uh, there might be a limited block for day of sales. But uh, traditionally, we, we sell out. This is our first right. year since... Before you know what, uh, that we're back at full capacity, too. So we brought it back in person last year, but we only operated at half capacity. So we sold out in no time. So we're so excited this year that we'll be able to accommodate our full crowd. Oh, my of, uh, goodness. About 1,750 people. That's how many wristbands so we make what's, available. What's, um, is there anything new this year? And, and how many uh, restaurants are participating uh, and wineries as well? Yeah, so um, there's there's not too much new. We we kind of stick to our format mm-hmm. that's known and loved. So yeah. uh, the idea is it's a restaurant walk through our Greenport Village, as you know and have participated in. in um, and we have 19 restaurants this year. Nice. So plenty of great uh, pairings to go enjoy. So the idea is you purchase your wristband and proceeds from all those wristband sales is what directly supports our SPAT program and Back to the Bays initiative. So that's the fundraising element here. And then and once you have that wristband, you're eligible for all the awesome deals that all of our participating restaurants and merchants have throughout Greenport Village from noon to four, both days, so you could celebrate all weekend long. So before we continue the conversation about 11th annual uh, celebration, let's talk about a little bit about what it benefits, uh, particularly Back to the Bays. Uh, are the artificial reefs part of Back to the Bays? Because I know we were talking with Chris Papero about those yesterday. Yeah, so um, through Cornell, we do a lot um, of great oyster reef restoration. So we do these spat on shell oyster reefs. Uh, We expanded efforts this year to actually do a remote setting of oysters at our Tiana Bayside facility and over on Shelter Island. So uh, proceeds that we we raise through fundraisers and, and our membership program through Back to the Bays are allowing us to continue. What does that expand. mean? Remote, remote. Uh, so basically, how do you do in, that? in is it like drones? No. So we have a a giant tank of water that uh-huh. we put recycled shell in that we work with restaurant partners. Um, Fauna over in West Hampton Beach provided a ton of shells for us over this past year, um, and basically after those shells cure in the sun and they're ready to go we put them in these big remote setting tanks we call them um at that aren't at our hatchery facility so that's why they're remote uh and then we bring we bring larvae so it's just you know a beaker about you know this big uh full of millions of uh eyed shellfish larvae so oyster larvae yeah so we basically dump it into that tank and then all those little babies set on the oyster shell and then within a month or two we have these little oysters that are on these shelves, and then we go put them and make oyster reefs. You know, you talk about people that are actively fighting, you know, uh, a climate crisis, for example. Uh, This is amazing because one of the big issues we have is food waste. Mm -hmm. So this is a part of something that might have ended up in, in, you know, uh, in a dump somewhere that is now uh, embedded with live larvae that uh, is going to help restore a population, help uh, stem the tide of erosion, which 
erosion and the tide habitat <laughs> yes <laughs> all the all the great things and yeah it's it, you're right it's it's really great to kind of complete that cycle that right. you know ideally these are all locally grown oysters from our great you know local growers enjoyed in the restaurants by you know plenty of people around here and then collected and then made back into oyster reefs and put back to the bays really cool stuff something we touched on also yesterday was um Horseshoe crabs. We yes. talked very briefly about uh, how some scientists tag uh, horseshoe crabs. Mm-hmm. I immediately thought of you and the tagging efforts. And yes. can you talk a little bit uh, about that and some of the other programs that uh, Cornell Cooperative Extension is is involved in? Of course. So, um, yeah, the horseshoe crab, the New York State Horseshoe Crab Monitoring Network is a huge effort. Uh, we do in partnership with New York State DEC. Uh, my colleague, Dr. Matt Scalfani, heads up the coordination of, gosh, it's over 20 sites throughout Long Island where during the spawning season, uh, May through July generally, um, they organize teams of people to go out and count and tag horseshoe crabs so we could have a better assessment of their population that could help then dictate what needs to happen in terms of, you know, harvest and and protections and things like that. So we we do that locally too. Uh, at our Tiana Bayside, we have, um, that's actually one of our really, really, really high population horseshoe crab sites. So if you come out with us, at that facility, we've counted over a thousand crabs in one monitoring session. Fantastic. So you're you're out in the middle of the night uh, mucking around with a, a headlamp on and and, and counting, uh, but it's it's really just amazing to see. So through back to the bays, that's kind of what we do. We we take initiatives that are happening within Cornell some that have citizen science based into them already, but other ones, you know, we're able to really create those hands-on, you know, stewardship experiences and get people to actually, you know, have horseshoe a crabs, role in this. Horseshoe crabs have been uh, fished more than in uh, past years because of uh, decimated populations of, what, conch and, and other things that fishermen yeah, they're, used they're to preferred use? preferred bait for conch. And, and again, you know, at Cornell, we, we like to... We work very closely with the commercial fishing industry and Bayman as well, and and they're part of our research a lot of times. How did yeah right? You were I remember we talked about getting them involved uh, for like uh, using something that's like it's like a synthetic horseshoe crab. Yes, right? they were working were on a synthetic it, yeah. uh, bait to be able to use to to How be did able that to go? use less. Um, I believe it was fairly successful. Um, that's not one of the projects I'm heading up, so I'm honestly not 100 okay. percent sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's just that that kind you... of applied research that yeah. we're really getting the information and making changes yeah. based on seeing what we're the problem. Seeing. Yes. And trying to help in any way. What yes. projects are you working on, Kim? Um, so, yeah, we've just been doing a ton this year uh, with our shellfish work. We've really kind of been ramping up things again at some of these more remote sites to get more people involved. We we obviously have our huge hatchery at Southhold. That's kind of the base of our operations. And we have just a super great cool, team there. by the way. I finally got Yay, to che- I so finally glad. got to check it out. <laughs> and I have like. Many questions for Kim Tetro uh-huh. as far as um, trying to uh, breed hardy scallops. Yes. Um, I didn't realize how much t- water temperature figured into uh, the uh, lack, huge lack of scallops. Yes. About. And- 
that's that's what um, our crew there is is actively working on now. They actually okay. did a scallop spawn very recently, uh, based on that, basically trying to help along the natural selection process. So there what they, are. I, I imagine they're having tanks that are you know higher temperatures and seeing. Who 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 stays around? Yeah, so that that's it. They're you know selecting for ones that have you know made it through uh, the the so probably already had a higher tolerance to some right. of the temperature issues that we had, and then yeah, trying to see you know what goes into what what they're able to tolerate, and if we could get you know a, a nice new set going that that is a little more tolerant of the conditions that they're currently facing out there. So it's it's really fascinating. And Hope amazing. through tough times, thanks to science and thanks to all of you who support organizations like Cornell Cooperative. Um, Extensions Marine Program. Uh, it is celebration this weekend. There are some tickets left. Yeah. So celebration cce dot I know we don't do uh, giveaways on the station anymore, but I might have a pair of wristbands to give out uh, on Instagram later. We'll see uh, how that goes for this weekend. I'm at uh, Gianna Volpe W L I W again. Celebration CCE.org to purchase wristbands and sponsorships. Um, Kim, it's always you're you're in person this time. I know it's been so long, too long. I was we were just saying we've been doing this for almost ten years now. My my yes. annual little celebration media tour, and you're my favorite stop always. Stop! And it. Thank you for getting the word out. We're and happy to do so. It's a really great event. And before we, we yeah, to come before down. we play Carrie Carney. What haven't we said that you want to make sure that folks know? Um, yeah, so just, again, you know, buy your wristbands today. Ideally, if you plan on coming, we're, we're going rain or shine. It's a really great, you know, event and fundraiser. And, and supporting our, our local businesses as well. These yes. restaurants are incredible. It's such a beautiful way to come together. Yes. And for folks who don't know what the heck we're talking about, uh, it's basically you pay for your wristband and then you get a map and you're able to do a walking tour of Greenport Village and all of the awesome culinary destinations. Usually uh, the restaurants are paired with a local winery and they have a couple of options, usually uh, a couple options uh, for when you, you know, for, for dishes. You can either do the food, you can do the full pairing. Um, it's usually like a small cost there, but it's like nothing. Yeah, it's 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 eight dollar small plates and five dollar pours yeah. due to everything. Last year we had right. to increase the prices and be realistic. But that's still as not. It, for getting <laughs> local seafood and yes. local wine, it's it's great. So uh, support you know these great local restaurants and um, again look at the website we have on the walking map. You could get some restaurant previews and follow us on Instagram to check that out too. And yeah, we hope to see everyone over the weekend. Celebrate cce.org that was the friday morning tea underwritten by village overhead doors i'm gianna volpe that was kim barber this is carrie carney ben and you whoever you are out there you're awesome and you're listening to long island's only local npr radio station wliwfm
Carney Band and WLIWFM. We've got Tom Mish, Old Crow Medicine Show, and Lord Huron on deck. A little Leo Kotke if we can fit it in. Just ahead of the 10 minute mark, NPR News at the top of the hour, and the local news update. I'm Jenna Volpe. This is Tom Mish, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to WLIWFM NPR Radio. Places to go Watching the sunshine Lace the grey
south of the river This is where it all starts I think that we could stay here forever Lie on the roof till it's dark River Blues I just heard the awful news I could steer around the rocks But they're busting down the dock James River Blues 
train came on through And the work's gotten slow Now where's the boat man to go? I think I'll float on down To Richmond town They don't need us anymore Hauling freight from shore to shore
Lord Huron leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, the heart of the East End.